It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Wow, we're just like 48 hours away from 2023, our last show for 2022, and I am so glad you could join us. By the way, we are also broadcasting live, streaming live video and audio on my YouTube page, which is PTL Vegas. You can go on my Facebook fan page, which is PTL Vegas. You can go on my personal Twitter account, which is Pushing Limits LV. And of course, today is the first day that we are officially broadcasting live on TikTok. Just started a TikTok account a few weeks ago, and it's gone pretty well. A lot of followers to start things up, and uh, glad uh, you can join us on this Friday. we got a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. We are going to get to all the wonderful people, sadly, that we lost in the year 2022. We're going to be talking about that. Also, we've lost some wonderful people. The differences between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, Joe Biden wishing everybody well for the new year and Christmas and all that stuff. I'm going to read you the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on Truth Social, how he wishes people a happy holiday. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. Uh, the Santos saga continues. Maybe he's saying he's Jewish again. I don't know. Or Jew-ish. We'll talk about that. And, um, you know, a lot to get to. We got Michelle Mortensen in studio, uh, the eight-time Emmy winner, uh, formerly, of course, for Channel 8 here in Las Vegas, the staunch Republican, as I like to call her. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, good to see you. How was your uh, holiday? How was it your was, Christmas? It was good. It was good. The uh, family stayed a little bit longer, thanks to Southwest. Um, <laughs> but, you know, overall, <laughs> I would say it yeah. was it was really, really good. So thanks for uh, giving me some of the time off to, to be with them and the kiddos. And... Well, don't thank me. You can do whatever you want. Well, that, that's true. You're <laughs> I'm not, you're not my you. boss, but... No. Uh, I wasn't here for Michelle, a while. Michelle, you, you must be here on Christmas. No, that's not me. Well, I'm glad you had a good holiday. Uh, Michelle, I want to start off with uh, some breaking news. And obviously, yeah. this is the biggest news of the day. You could argue the biggest news of the month and one of the biggest stories of the year. We heard about this horrific story out there in Idaho where these four innocent college students were just murdered in the middle of the night. Nobody had any clues. At least that's what we thought. Uh, a lot of people were attacking the police, not physically, but verbally saying, where are your answers? Why aren't you giving us anything? And then the police were just saying, basically, stand by. We're working on this thing. We, we got to preserve the investigation. Stand by. And that was kind of like my thought. Let the police do their job. Well, I have some really good news and, and, and good news for the, obviously it's not going to bring the victims back, but it's good news for the families and all those that are worried. Uh, his name is Brian, uh, Koberger. He was just arrested uh, earlier today on an active arrest warrant for murder in the first degree issued by the Moscow, Idaho Police Department in connection with the murders. According to the criminal complaint, Koberger was arrested on a warrant for first degree murder issued by the Moscow Police Department and the Lada County Prosecutor's Office in Idaho. State and local officials say the murder warrant is in connection, of course, with these murders. Now, here, here's what's very interesting about this. Apparently, they arrested him about nine miles at, at his apartment uh, from the city of Moscow. What's interesting about this and what people are saying, sources are saying that when they arrested this guy, the first thing he said was, did you arrest anybody else? Yeah. That would lead me to believe two things. Number one, they got one of them. This yeah. guy was absolutely a part of this. And, and apparently he drove the car that was speeding away. They were looking for this white Hyundai. That's his car. They got this guy. 
but it also leads me to believe that there are absolutely 100% others involved. Now, there is a press conference coming up here very shortly, and there'll probably be more information about this, but they're going to need to preserve the investigation, and they're probably going to be working with this guy to try to find out who else was involved. The strange thing about this is it doesn't matter if you're smart. It doesn't matter, you know, how many brain cells you have or what your IQ is, because apparently this guy was not a dumb guy, right? Not a stupid guy. And what we're learning about this guy, Michelle, is that he was getting his degree and he was a, a pretty good student. So PhD it, in criminology. Yeah, so yeah. what that tells me and what's scary about that for me is that this guy probably did know how to do certain things to make it a little bit more difficult for the police because he's studying this. He probably uh, did know how to work around DNA because it was frustrating to know that these poor kids were killed, I think, on November 13th. And it has taken this long to even get one of the suspects. Yeah, there probably are going to be more suspects. And when you look at this guy, he wasn't one. Of, OK, so they took that picture of him in Scranton when they picked him up. There's really like no emotion on his face whatsoever. And you go, ooh, dang, you know, you kind of look like a cold-blooded killer right there. But if you saw this dude in a bar, you probably wouldn't think anything of him. And he didn't look like, you know, he didn't have that scary look to him that like where if he came up to me at a bar, I'd be like, ooh, I'm not going home with you. Like he looked like a normal dude. But when he's, you know, that mugshot, you're like, oh, God, he probably knew exactly what he was doing. He probably made it very difficult for police. And I feel for those families who've now gone through Thanksgiving and Christmas and here on New Year's. Very sad. Very, very little information. I hope to God, though, that we're going to get a lot of information in this press conference. I think we're going to get a lot of one that's like, I'm not going to tell you much because we want to know that this is a slam dunk case. We want to know that there's some DNA evidence linking this guy. We want to know that there's scientific evidence that we know this is a slam dunk and not something that he's going to get away with it. We want to know the police did their job on this. Well, I think they certainly got one of them. Great police work, but there has to be others. Yeah, I think uh, so. There has to be others based on what he just said alone. I don't believe that somebody, one person with a knife, just was able to kill four people in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm not buying that. I do believe that there had to be at least one other person involved. And, you know, when allegedly he tells police, uh, are there any other arrests? Uh, That means that he knows who else was involved. So we'll have to wait and see uh, about this. But Maybe there'll be some sort of plea deal where he gets life in prison without uh, the possibility of the death penalty if he uh, puts out information you know, on others. Now, we're speculating, but I'm going to tell you what I believe happened here is this. This home in Idaho, they had a ton of uh, parties there, like all the time. Thousands and thousands of strangers were in that home. What I believe is that there were probably maybe two, maybe three people And I'm not making excuses for murder. Of course, I would never do that. But maybe, I'm just saying maybe, it's a possibility that they were drugged out, they were on stuff, and they were acting, you know, uh, acting out what they did. And by the way, that's not an excuse. Or it could be they weren't on anything and they're just deranged murderers. That could be possible too. But um, the circumstances of this are strange. We're obviously going to learn more information about it today and in the days, weeks, months, maybe even years coming. But I'm glad. Great police work. I'm glad they found at least one of them. There's no doubt that there's more people out there. But the fact that they have one of them, this is breaking the case. Yeah. And uh, the families have to have a little bit of relief knowing that police are doing their due diligence and doing their job. And hopefully we can find the, uh, more animals that are responsible for these horrible killings. I mean, 
it's just terrible. They were sleeping in the middle of the night, from what we understand. It's just terrible. And, all and I want to know more about the, the so the, the two gals who were on the first floor who nothing happened to them. Right. I, I want to know more about their story because they either have immense remorse and guilt that their roommates, their friends were killed and they were so drunk or so dead asleep, they knew nothing about it or there's right. just more to the story. So either way, their lives are tragically ruined and I want to know more about their story. When do they get to be interviewed? Right. They've been very, very protected as they probably should be. This is an open police investigation. But I tell you, the journalist in me can't wait to see the interview with them. Yeah. As a reporter for 10 years myself, I can tell you um, I've covered some some really terrible stories. I'll give you one even way before I was a reporter. I'm 16 years old. I'm living in West Hartford, Connecticut. It's a nice community. And uh, about six or seven houses down from me, a nice elderly couple, maybe in their six, 70s, maybe. And uh, they were found murdered in their bed. And the whole community was frightened. We're six or seven houses down. Imagine how we felt. I'm this 16-year-old kid. I'm frightened. I didn't want to stay home. And uh, several days passed, and we learned that there was a golf course, a private country club golf course behind their home. And uh, one individual uh, that had a long police record went in their home, uh, home, home invasion, and uh, shot them. And they arrested him. And I can't even begin to tell you a couple days after the relief that we felt as a family and the community felt when they caught this guy. Uh, they're not going to get that kind of relief yet in this city of Moscow because there's no question there are more people involved. Now, why would he say that? Why would he say as he was arrested, were there any other arrests? Um, is there like a 1% chance that he just said that and he knows he's the only one responsible? I guess that's possible. But even there's been a lot of speculation that there was probably more than one person that was responsible for this. You just don't go and knife four people. Uh, I'm just not buying it. There had to be somebody else involved. But again, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm just going from my personal experience, the fright, the fr- how scared you are when something like that happens in your community. And then some of the relief you get when you find out the person or persons responsible, you know, are brought to justice. Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, it was um, right after I had my baby. And as soon as I came back from maternity leave um, here in Vegas, the Brian Clay. Republicans story. didn't give you that. I'm sorry. Shut that was up. that was a horrible Shut joke. Up. Republicans didn't give you maternity uh, leave. Channel 8 gave me maternity <laughs> leave. Thank you very much. It thanks was unpaid, to, but I to, took it. Thanks to Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, no, it was unpaid. I took it. So okay. really, my husband gave me maternity leave. I Fair enough. Um, but uh, Brian, the Brian Clay incident happened. So Brian Clay was the guy who broke into that home and he beat the husband with the hammer. Mm-hmm. He raped and murdered the wife and the little girl and the two little boys over the weekend. They got on the bus to go to school and they went to school and they told their teacher and they said something bad happened to my mommy and daddy and the teachers reported it to the police and the police go to the house and they find the dad. The dad was still kind of alive. They found the dead mother. They found the dead mm. um, daughter. That's and terrible. Um, when Brian Clay did that and that just, because I had just had a baby, that one rocked me. And to this day, that Brian Clay investigation is one that will always kind of sit with me and always live with me. That's what think, I think people don't know about those of us who lived in news. We're not frontline workers like the cops or the paramedics, but we're on the front lines and that we're, we're, in the middle midst of these investigations we're often there right there yep. with the yellow tape we get far more of the gory details than anyone else ever gets sure. and it really does traumatically yeah. affect us in a way that people don't understand no question uh, obviously thoughts and prayers are, are with the friends and family of the victims yeah. this is a horrendous story and it couldn't have had not that there's any good time for the, something like this to happen but happening around the holidays and, and now glad it happened before the end of the year yeah it's just terrible uh what i hope these bastards these sick bastards 
And I, yeah, I'm using an S at the end there because I don't think this guy was alone. Give them the damn death penalty. Kill these mother effers. Kill them. Uh, I am for the death penalty. This is where I agree with Republicans. If you intentionally murder somebody, I'm not talking about accidentally going through a stop sign. That's horrible, but that, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about taking a knife and murdering innocent people. I don't want you to be alive. I don't want you having three meals a day. Now, I understand if you put somebody on death row, it's 30, could be 30 or 40 years before they get the death penalty. I'm sick of that. I, I don't like that. Kill these bastards. <clears throat> I'm telling you, if I had my way, if these people or person or persons are responsible for these murders, stone them to death by the families. I'm telling you, this is the way I've always felt. Eye for an eye. And um, I know that's not going to happen. And it's probably going to be their first offense. And they're probably going to get life in prison without parole. Maybe 40 years. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. There might be a plea deal with this guy if he gives up the other people involved, which I would imagine they will probably do. The DA out there will probably work some sort of deal if they believe there's somebody else involved here. But get these SOBs. Uh, you know, uh, life in prison to me is not enough. Kill these bastards. I mean, that, that's how, that's the way I feel. And I think most people would agree with you. I think where we've seen, not that I bring everything back to Netflix, although I feel like I do. If you watch the I Am the Killer series on Netflix, uh, and I'm a big proponent of the death penalty, but you yeah. watch that series and you go, wow, we're seeing now where some of the problems are in the system right. and that we have these guilty of parties where you've got the guy who was in the getaway car who's facing the death penalty, who never should have faced the death penalty in Texas. And you go, this is where it's unfair. So yeah. the death penalty should be there for a reason for those who commit heinous capital murders you know like the boston uh the marathon bombers do mm-hmm. i believe they should have the death penalty 110 yeah. percent the the uh d- the denver well, theater shooter do i believe he deserves the death penalty 110 percent different. Ca- so interesting you brought that up let's talk about that for a moment you're talking about sarnayev now obviously his brother was run over by him and he's dead that's where he belongs in hell I agree with you. Uh, Sarnaya, if there's any death penalty case, that should have been it. Oh, he was only a 17, 18 year old kid and he was, he was on the following of his brother. No, 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 no. This was premeditated. Uh, a child died. A couple adults died. Horrible. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. Sarnaya, uh, should have, uh, gotten the death penalty. And the fact that he's got life in prison is a joke. This country's a joke when it comes to what I call our injustice system. Uh, in regards to the, to the shooting in the movie theater, Yes, I agree with you. Probably the death penalty. Clearly, that dude is severely mentally ill, though. Correct. So where do you where well, do you draw the distinction there? If you have someone that is so mentally deranged, uh, do you still give them the death penalty? I would probably say yes, but a lot of people say no because the fact that some listen, if you murder anybody, you got some level of mental illness. That's my opinion. True. And I've had the opportunity to interview people who are mentally ill in prison, like Andrea Yates. And, um, what I was that like interviewing her. Oh my gosh. She is mentally ill. And, yeah. and I believe that her husband, cause I've interviewed Rusty Yates as well. And, and I believe they both have an element of, of, of mental illness. Yeah. There's a part of me that believes anyone who kills their kids has severe mental illness. Sure. But Andrea Yates definitely, I, I, she's someone who I wouldn't give the death penalty. So I guess there you go. I mean, I've had yeah. an opportunity to interact with her and I just think, that poor woman is is deranged. So I think there is sure. a difference. And I do. There's certain people I believe deserve the death penalty and certain people who don't. And I think that's where we've gone astray. We've yeah. given the death penalty to people who don't deserve it. And then there's people like uh, Manson who probably truly, truly needed to have the death penalty. And we just let them, you know, become I'll, celebrities. I'll give you one right now locally. Tell us. I believe he's guilty. He murdered uh, that journalist. He won't get the death penalty. I know he won't, Michelle. No. <laughs> I, I know he won't, yeah. but that was as premeditated as you can find. He murdered an innocent journalist here in Las Vegas. That guy 
I, I'm telling you right now, that guy should be thrown off uh, the Empire State Building as far as I'm concerned. But that's just the way I feel. And this is one of those topics where I actually do agree with Republicans. All right, let's have it's hard to make the transition from th- this innocent, you know, these four innocent people that were killed uh, to politics. But I'm going to try to make that transition right now if I can. Um, not the transition uh that Republicans don't like. I'm not talking about uh, that type of transition. Uh, I'm talking about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So as you know, Michelle, we just had Christmas. We got New Year's coming up. I want to explain to you and read to you verbatim the difference between how Joe Biden wishes everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and Donald Trump. Now, okay. now for those of you that don't know, they're on my TikTok right now. Michelle did vote for Donald Trump twice. Full disclosure, <laughs> right, Michelle? Now, I know you're not a Donald Trump supporter now. Yeah, I mean, I don't deny I voted for Donald okay. Trump. I am a Republican. That doesn't mean that I support his tweets or whatever he does on his little stupid No, network. but you did support his candidacy. Yeah. And, and you supported him as president, not just in 2016, but in 2020. That doesn't mean I support his tweets. No, I'm not saying you support everything about him, but you chose him over Joe Biden. I'm just, I, I did. I'm just making that clear okay. to my to my uh, followers. Okay, so President Joe Biden took to social media and the former president, Donald Trump. Uh, here's what Joe Biden said. You can tell me. We'll start with Joe Biden. Okay. Quote, Jill and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. We hope you and your loved ones are surrounded by love happiness and cheer this holiday season. Biden also went on and he said, from the entire Biden family to yours, Merry Christmas, America. Nice tweet. Nice tweet, right? Nothing wrong, nothing controversial. Right, right. I mean, I mean, I think that's... uh, It's pretty hard to make a controversial Christmas treat, but I wouldn't put it past Kanye or Trump from possibly doing it. So lay it on me, what did he say? But so far, so good. Okay, so the president also posted a photo of him and Jill Biden on a call with emergency workers on Christmas Day afternoon, saying, this Christmas, Jill and I were honored to thank a few brave men and women in uniform for their sacrifices this time of the year. They're away from their families to protect us, and they have thanks of a grateful, indebted <laughs> president. Talking about Joe Biden, as we know, the late Bo Biden also served this country honorably, was a hero, sadly died of brain cancer. So he's also honoring our troops. And by the way, not one itty-bitty piece of politics, right? Can we agree in all those tweets? It was just thanking our brave men, women in uniform, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas, even those that might not like him very much, right? So far, so good. So I have no problems with any of Biden's tweets. Well, let's move on to the orange turd, also known as Cheeto Jesus, shall we? Sorry, Michelle, I I can't call him by his real name. Uh, In the orange turds, First Truth Social post on December 25th. You ready for this? Here's what he wrote. Now, I'm reading this verbatim. Okay. okay? Can't wait. (laughs) Sarcasm. (laughs) On this very cold but beautiful Christmas day, look at our nation now on the southern border compared to only a short time ago during the Trump administration. By the way, he talked about the border in the first sentence. Yeah. We had the most secure border in our history versus the horror show. That is happening now with record-setting numbers of people, many of them hardened criminals, including killers, human traffickers, and drug dealers, capital letters, pouring into our country at a rate the likes of which we have never seen before. The USA is dying from within. The Republican ex-president follow-up his post with another social media message explaining why, quote, we are a nation in decline, a failing nation under the Biden administration. He said, quote, 
Just two years ago, we were energy independent, had almost zero inflation. There was no war with Russia and Ukraine. Would never have happened. <laughs> so I'll get to that in a second. ISIS was defeated. Not true. Uh, our military was rebuilt and respected before the disaster of Afghanistan. Our border was strong and economy was great. Also not true. The China virus was in retreat. Operation Warp Speed was considered a modern day miracle. And we weren't the laughing stock of the world. End of quote. Yeah. That is how Donald Trump decided to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, he's never been one to know uh, the time or the place, has he? <laughs> you know, that's not where he excels. Uh, I think he's going crazy. I do. I think he's kind you think of only now he's going crazy. Well, no, I think it's a new level of he's kind of going. Uh, I think he's. I think he's going a little stir crazy down in Mar-a-Lago. I think he's a just, little? yeah, I think he's just going kind of nuts. Like, I think he's so just wants to be president again so badly and like can't get over it so much that he just can't help himself. Like you, the right thing to do would have been like, Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> like, have a good one. Like, like kind of <laughs> like what Joe Biden did. You know, right? peace and goodwill on earth. Love ya, you know, like anything would have been okay. But you know? didn't you see signs of this before 2020? Hundred, and I've said that numerous times. I knew that he was a volatile individual when he said early on, I believe in either October 2015 or early 2016, when he said I could go out into Times Square and kill someone and y'all would still follow me. That's a, a poor paraphrase of something that he said, a, a direct quote of what he said. I get it. I get and, what you're And so saying. he's always been an extreme narcissistic individual mm -hmm. who is focused on himself and himself completely, who really does focus on, you know, a power. And when you have an extreme narcissist, and I think the difference is, is most politicians are extreme narcissists, whether we're looking at this Congressman-elect Santos guy, whether you're looking, I mean, pick any politician, right? And you can pretty much say like, oh yeah, we see the narcissistic characteristics. I would say that Donald Trump is an extreme version of hyper-narcissism. And I just don't think any one has just encountered someone who's that narcissistic before because he really does take the cake. Like but we are, could do in-depth psychological studies There are different levels of people that are narcissistic. That's one thing. Like you could have a He's histronic. Yeah, well, you could have a rock star that's narcissistic and a jerk and doesn't want to sign autographs or meet people, but that's not necessarily going to hurt the nation, right? You have a guy that takes his narcissism to another level and attacks our democracy like Donald Trump has done. He wanted to – he attacked our constitution. He wants to abolish, abolish parts of our constitution. Yeah. To this day, he still still says he won the 2020 election, him and mini, carry, mini Trump Kerry Lake. Uh, these people are hurting our democracy. There are violence that happens because of it. Just look at January 6th. But let's go through this 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 quote again because there's so many lies in this quote. Um Let's talk about that. He says, look now at our nation on the southern border compared to only a short time ago during the Trump administration. Yes, you can make the argument that there are more people crossing the border uh, illegally now than they were during the Trump administration. But we had the same issues during the Trump administration. It's not like all of a sudden when Joe Biden took office, all of a sudden we had fentanyl crossing the border, right? We had drugs, illegal drugs crossing the border when Trump was in office as well. We had kids and families locked in cages when Trump was... uh our president as well. So, you know, I'll open up the phone line 702-221-7283. Again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. This is not a Democrat problem or a Republican problem. The crisis at the border, and yes, I admit 
It is a crisis. The crisis at the border has been going on for decades. It's an American problem. And all Donald Trump and many of these Republicans want to do today is attack Joe Biden and his administration. It happened during the George W. Bush administration. It happened during the Clinton administration. It happened during the Obama administration and the Trump administration and now the Biden administration. I think one of the things that's I've been trying to think about this a lot lately, and I think one of the things that's really unfortunate is that we often want to attack party or person as the reason why things have been a failure. And and the truth of the matter is the reason why we've had so much failure in this country is honestly a refusal to deal with problems and a refusal to acknowledge that uh, we have to do some things that aren't great, like dealing with crime. Uh, you have to deal with crime. If you don't deal with crime, you're going to have crime in your cities and it's going to make it harder for small businesses. You have to deal with it. You may not want to deal with your border, but every other country deals with borders. Borders are considered sovereign in every other country in the world. You may not want to deal with it. It may be difficult. It may not be pleasant. It may not be fun, but you've got to deal with it. With the economy, you got to deal with the economy. You got to deal with spending. You got to deal with debts and deficit. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not cool, but you got to deal with it. You can't blame a person. You can't blame a party. You actually have to have the balls to deal with the problem. And in most cases, no one really wants to do with that. It's far easier to throw mud and to have your 10 second soundbite on Fox News or CNN and to create, you know, talking points. And, and that's the real problem. We don't have real problem solvers in this country. And, and, and that's the case. It's not a Democrat issue or Republican issue. If you elect Donald Trump in three years, which I don't think is going to happen, or I guess two years. Now, I hope not. Um, or you keep <laughs> Joe Biden, which I also don't think is going to happen. Uh, it's not going to be the answer or a band-aid. It's not going to fix anything. The only thing that's going to fix things is actually going in and making difficult decisions that are going to make people uncomfortable and unhappy yep. in the masses. And, and that's what people don't yeah. want to hear. That's so, tough truth. Yeah. I, 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 unbelievably, we've only, I've only been into one sentence of Donald Trump's statement. You know, he's only There's blaming. More? Oh yeah. He only blamed, he only blamed Joe Biden for the issues at the border. By the way, he campaigned on, we're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. The wall was never finished. Mexico didn't pay for it. His whole campaign was based on a lie. And by the way, and I'm going to call him out for the idiot right-wing morons out there that think the uh, building a wall is the answer, they are ignorant to the fact that the overwhelming majority of those that are undocumented in this country overstay their visas. That has nothing to do with a war, a, a, a wall, excuse me. A wall will not solve the problem. It just won't solve the problem. Anyway, that's just the first sentence of mistruths from Donald Trump. By the way, this was supposed to be wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. He said we had the most secure border in history. That's also not true. Um, he called it a horror show. Record-setting numbers of people coming in. And then he uh, starts talking uh, about energy independence. Donald Trump is the last person that should be talking about energy independence. Um, by the way, he also said there's zero inflation. Um, well, first of all, we had something called COVID and we had a war in the Ukraine. Uh, so uh, he, he interesting how he throws that in there. And then he says there would not have been a war in the Ukraine if Donald Trump was president. That is the most ignorant thing I've ever heard in my life. As if Vladimir Putin would say, oh, you know what? I don't think I'm going to invade the Ukraine because I'm afraid of Donald Trump. Is this is is this a joke? Well, I, I think that's uh, you're assuming things would be different, and and I wonder. You know, I think because I have family in Ukraine, and it's it's personal to me. Um, and not blood family. I don't want anyone coming at me because of Santos. It is my stepmother, but it. Uh, I consider her like a mother because I. My real mother's an awful human being who I don't have anything to do with. So I, I really like my stepmother, and um, you know. Uh, 
family members who've been fighting for Ukraine have died, you know, so it's personal to me. I wonder if we had a different president in power, whether that had been Trump or anyone else, would it have been handled differently? Because I really am very critical of how Biden has handled Putin and how Biden has handled the Ukraine situation. But it's all speculative, right? So I don't know that it would have been any different. I would like to think it would be different. I would like to hope that it would be different. But heck, I would like to think, you know, once we get to, what is it, February 25th, I think, we'll have had a year of this nonsense in the Ukraine. And I I, as you know, am one of these people who thinks Putin is a big fat liar, that Russia is not yeah. as strong and as powerful as it thinks it is, and that we should do something to stop that man. I know a lot of people don't agree well, with me. And I'll they tell think you what, I'm though, extreme, I know but- there's a lot of Looney Tunes out there. I have an idiot on my TikTok that just said Biden is mentally incompetent and should be impeached. This is probably the same moron uh, who voted for Donald Trump. So, I mean, I don't even pay attention to people like that. By the way, everyone... That's why you needed the glasses. Every, yeah, I I, I'm, reading, I'm reading some of these morons and some of these comments of these idiots that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. And uh, another idiot on my TikTok says uh, that inflation had nothing to do with the war in the Ukraine. Uh, maybe you should take some be- basic economic classes because some of the most brilliant economists in the world would disagree with you. I think I'll take their... Uh, their opinions over some Trumplican uh, buffoon who wears the Donald Trump knee pads. You guys have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you know, is 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 inflation? Uh, the war in the Ukraine, is it the only reason why we have inflation? No, there was something called COVID. We had a global pandemic. And if you want to blame Joe Biden for inflation in the United States of America, then please explain to me why we have inflation in over 80% of the world, you idiots. If you just want, is Joe Biden in control of 80% of the world? Are Democrats in control of 80% of the world? You have absolutely no idea what you're talking about when you make statements like that. Take off your Donald Trump knee pads and have a seat and learn. Can't, can we say one thing though? So yes, you can. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think one, uh, we may disagree on this, but I think one of the biggest stories of 2022, um, is Ukraine and the economy. I think they're both equally as important. And I think inflation is important. And 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 Ukraine's the far sexier choice of the big story of 2022. The thing that worries about me, the thing that worries me about the economy and inflation, though, is this. As someone who is covered as a consumer reporter who's covered the economy uh, for years, it's the fact that we keep growing the debt, we keep growing the deficit, and that we as individuals, you know, we have this high inflation, some of the worst inflation we've had in 40 years, yet Christmas was was. Popping, all right. Like people were buying gifts. Shopping was great. Black Friday was off the chain. People spent billions of dollars, which tells me that credit card debt keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And we are reaching levels where the credit card debt that people are carrying is reaching trillions of dollars mm-hmm. as, a, as a whole. We're going to pop at some point. We never do. We always seem to kind of hang on. But I really do get worried when we reach that breaking point that we've popped, that the credit card debt has, we've, we've maxed out the credit card debt. You can't get any more of the cards. You aren't bringing the money in. And I worry about that when we as a country and we as individuals have reached our breaking point. So I worry about the inflation because sure. we as Americans, we just don't stop spending. And, and the proof is in things. the pudding because this should have been a year where we tightened the belt. I worry about a lot of things. And we freaking did not. We were like, yeah. screw inflation. I, screw that there's no eggs in the stores. Let's go go buy more iPhones. But I worry about a lot of things, not just more than my eggs being a few more bucks. I worry about a lot of all right uh, Republican morons calling Zelensky Hitler. I worry about people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and right here in Las Vegas, Mike McDonald, people that tried to overturn the outcome of election with fake electorates. I worry about attacks on our democracy. 
I worry about a woman's right to choose. Many Republicans out there that if they had their way, and we've had many discussions about this, Michelle, I know you're pro-life, but many people out there uh, that are worried that rep- many Republicans out there are going to take away a woman's right to choose. I worry about a lot of Republicans in today's day and age that are anti-LGBTQ community, that have a problem with gay people, don't want gay people to be married, and in even worse situations will not even serve gay people, or if they go in there because they want a cake made, will not bake a cake for them only because they are different than them. I am worried about that. I am worried about the way people are treated if they look differently than you or me. I talk about these issues all the time, and for those of you that want to debate, I'll have a debate with any of you. Give us a call right now. I'm going to give out the phone number, and if you would like to call in, if you disagree with me or Michelle, you're welcome to call in at this time before we take a break. That number, I'm going to give it out right now, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be on the program and you want to have this discussion, I'll gladly do it with you. 702-221-7283. If memory serves me right, that's 221-SAVE, area code 702, even though I, I, I can't save you anything. That's the number to call in. And uh, we are going to, uh-oh, there goes my cell phone. There goes my live feed. Oh, geez. Uh, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we will be taking your phone calls on these issues. And I'm also talking about the way Joe Biden and Donald Trump handle wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, because I think it's it's just despicable. Donald Trump is not capable of just putting out a truth social tweet or whatever it's called. He's not capable of doing uh, anything along those lines of saying, hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody. He's just not capable of doing that. Again, that number is 702-221-7283. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Stumbled out across the sea Stopped the revolution The words I heard were not for me Hey everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. 
Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad you could join us. We are going to be taking some phone calls uh, at 702-221-7283. We have Michelle Mortensen in studio, uh, eight-time Emmy winner, Republican, proud Republican, which is fine. Uh, we always get into some good conversation. Glad Michelle is here. Why don't we take our first phone call? And again, that number, 221-7283. Let's go to John. John, what's going on? Hey, guys. Hey, John. Michelle, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, John. Happy uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year to you. It's almost the New Year. Well, same to you. Hey, a couple things. One, uh, uh, I just want to make it uh, crystal clear that I'm a proud liberal Democrat, and I think I speak for most Democrats. We are not against border control. We are not against uh, uh, solving this immigration problem. That's, uh, that's just the point that I felt compelled to make after your uh, little speech there. But, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the main reason I called is, you know, we're, we have uh, inflation is, is a serious problem right now, and the deficit is a serious problem, and the national debt, of course, is, is, a, is a monster problem. There's a way to solve both of those problems, or at least put a dent in both of those problems. And no one will ever raise this issue. I've never heard it raised. Um, and that's why America is badly broken. But one of the most incredibly disinflationary things the government could do is raise taxes. It, 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 it reduces the money supply, and you could, you could use the excess money to, uh, to pay down the debt. So I just wanted to put that on the table. It's just so obvious, and no one ever talks about it, and it's a shining example of how badly broken America is. Michelle, do you want to respond to that? Raising taxes. Huh. I don't know. I, I'd have, I'd want, I mean, it's an interesting idea because you're saying if you raise taxes, you're going to have more money for the government to then go towards taking down the debt, which would then help with the deficit. So I, I understand the logic that you say there. I, I do get that. But at the same time, I don't have any guarantee that if we did indeed raise taxes, that the money would go towards the debt and the deficit. I wonder if it would just go to more spending, which would increase our debt and deficit. I guess that's the one of the problems that I have is that I I don't have any faith in our government leaders into doing anything that would eliminate the deaf and the deficit. I feel like all they want to do is spend, 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 spend. Do you ever have that fear, John? Because I know we're on opposite sides of the aisle and we don't often agree, but I wonder, do you ever distrust them completely and think that they'll never do what's right? That's a classic Republican response. 
Uh, okay. And uh, I would I preface it by saying, you know, you earmark all those funds to pay down the, the, the debt. Look, it's either, you know, you're raising interest rates um, at a monster clip. You're taking money. The bank, all that excess money is going to the banks. Um, and I would argue that uh, that excess money should be t- gathered by the government by raising taxes and used to pay it on the debt. Well, you want to get money out of the system yeah. so that there's less. There's two, in The definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. There's a supply chain issue after the pandemic. And you can solve the too much money problem by raising tax. John, I, 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 I'm going to think that neither of you are going to change each other's minds. Uh, <laughs> John, obviously, I'm on your side. I wish you a very happy and healthy New Year, my friend. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. You too. Great show, guys. Thank you. All right. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Carl. Carl is next. What's going on, Carl? Yeah. Hey, Brian, Michelle, happy New Year to both of you. And uh, I have a little subject to bring up. Um, uh, most people I talked to said there should be maybe a third party and so forth for president. But let me uh, explain something to you and see if you agree with me. I think there are four parties right now. There's the moderate Democrat and Republican, which are middle of the road, sensible thinking, intelligent people on both sides. Then there's extreme far right fascist, uh, and I hate to say Trump base. And the extreme far left, which is just as bad. Uh, so in, in, in essence, I think there are four parties that way, because when, when the um, uh, voting comes up, you're going to have a big split. You're going to have uh, people voting for Trump is going to be a very small majority of his base. People voting for uh, whoever they want on the extreme far left. And then the sensible middle-of-the-road people, which I consider myself and probably you, uh, I'm sure, uh, who, who are going to vote uh, somebody who makes sense. Michelle, anything you want to um, add to that? I have often, in my study of, of government and politics, I've often been a fan of parliamentary systems that have multi-parties because you form coalition governments. I do somewhat like the idea of multi-party systems. Um, I think they do represent more people. I think in this day and age, now more than ever, we are a country that would benefit from mo- multiple parties, but we just don't have a multi-party system. Mm-hmm. The way that our Democratic Republican works is a two-party yeah. system, and so so if you had a third or fourth party, I just think it would be a yeah. hot mess express in this country because we aren't a uh, parliamentary democracy. That's just it's just not what we are. So I don't think it would work. But yeah. who knows? Well, Carl, I hope I wish you a very happy and healthy new year, my friend. I appreciate you calling in. We got to get some other calls. It's so interesting. All these people on TikTok that uh, I want to debate. You're you. obsessed now. Brian. I want to I want to debate you. I want to debate you. And then when I give out the phone number, they're a bunch of cowards. The number is 702-221-7283. Um, let's go to Fernando. Fernando's next. What's going on, Fernando? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, first off, um, happy new year and have a safe happy new year to you and Michelle. Thank you. And um I'd rather see George Santos run because, you know, he's better looking. <laughs> he has less, he has less legal, legal issues. He's a, a, a good dresser and uh, he was more smart and, and hiding his uh, illegal things. So, anyway, he is, Michelle, you got to run for mayor. Please run for mayor, Michelle. 
I don't know if John would like that. Uh, I can't run for mayor because technically I live in Clark County. I don't live in the city, so I can't run for mayor or city council. I am so sorry to burst your bubble, but unless they acquire the little part of uh, Lone Mountain where I live, it's not happening. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Fernando. Hey, what are you doing for New Year's Eve, by the way? Oh, did you go? You're gone? Oh, oh, man. I wanted to ask him what he's doing for New Year's Eve. I know. I wonder if so, anyone was actually going yeah. on the strip. Are you going on the strip? Um, No comment. Uh, no, no comment? That's might so be. weak, Brian. <laughs> I might be going on the strip. Yes, I might be going on the so strip. So you're one of the locals who likes to brave the strip? Um, Not every year, but this year I will be going on the strip. Yes, to Why? What's the what's the draw this uh, year? Just hanging out with some friends. I was invited to an event. and Tenacious uh, D? With some people out of town. <laughs> no, not Tenacious D, although they are in town, they are in town. I know they're performing um, yeah, tonight and yeah. tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. Can I just clear this up? I mean, there are some people that are saying, why aren't you talking about racist BLM? And again, this is a retrumplican that would make a statement like that. Tens of millions of people protested peacefully for equality. Were there a small percentage of people that did some bad things, violent things that nobody would condone, whether it be burning down a building, destroying property, um, you know, hurting a police officer? No. They're called agitators. Tens of millions of people protested for what? I was one of them. Something called equality. And for many were Trumplicans out there and crusty middle-aged white people that are going to heading out to their clan meetings tonight, they don't understand what that is. They don't know what it's like to be followed in an electronic store because of the color of your skin, people thinking that you're going to steal, or being pulled over by a police officer because of the color of your skin being mistreated because of the color of your skin. People that say BLM is racist are are the ones that are clan members and grand wizards themselves. I'm so sick of it. Every single time, Michelle, I talk about January 6th. Every single time I talk about what took place on January 6th, most Republicans will say, well, what about Black Lives Matter? What about the summer of violence and the Black Lives Matter protests? One has nothing to do with the other. And while I don't condone violence, there is a fine line between protesting for equality and protesting based on a lie from the orange turd, because that's what he is, that the election was stolen. Now, I know you are much more reasonable as a Republican than a lot of people I talk to. Do you understand the distinction? Do you get my point that there is a fine distinction between protesting based on the big lie and protesting on something that I believe, Black Lives Matter, that I, not, and I'm not talking about the organization. There's probably seven, eight, nine people that run the organization that are douchebags that, that took advantage and, and took a lot of money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the movement, not the organization. Do you see that, like, the difference there? The organization, there were certain people in the organization who were uh, ripping people off and they made a ton of money, and that's them individually. Um, There may have been a a few bad apples at rallies. Okay, cool. But ultimately, it was about a movement of people saying, hey, black lives do matter. And and, and I'm white and you're white. This is hopefully not a news flash to anyone if they're (laughs) um, watching us right now. Um, So you and I have no idea what it's like to be black. We can't pretend we know what it's like to be black. We can't pretend we've ever experienced it. And uh, those of us, uh, we've talked to people who have experienced it. And so I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable even talking about it. All I can do is defer to people who have experience and say, tell me your story. Tell me what you experienced. Help me learn more. Help me see things through your eyes. So, you know, I, I think also if you're letting people on TikTok and these long lists of comments that come through, you can't let it get to you. So don't let it get to you, Brian, because we got a lot of great things to talk about on the show. We've got a lot of great things that we can bring up and a lot of fun things. And you don't want to let 
one nasty comment <laughs> bring you down. It's definitely- I used to let nasty comments. Do you know what? To this day, there was someone when I was on the news in New York who commented that I was very ugly and that I looked like Mimi from the Drew Carey show. And do you know that I've kept that email, that I still remember that, and that I remember that somebody thought I look like, do you remember who Mimi from the, are, you are probably too young to know who Mimi from the, do you know who that is? Can you believe that somebody said that about me? Do I look like somebody who had blue eyeshadow and freaking pink lips and the whole like, oh my God, but somebody was that vile to me that they wanted to be like, look, you're mean, I'm going to be mean, you're <laughs> ugly, and that's what they wanted to say to me, right? And it yeah. lives with me. Don't let people who like to say things to get you riled up, oh, get no. you riled it's up. A, I don't mind getting riled up. Uh, I just like to call out stupidity. I know and, you do. And it seems like nine out of 10 Republicans that I speak to today, all they want to do is attack, attack, attack the left, and they have no solutions to any problems. The first day that, that, that Republicans took over the House, the first day, were they talking about inflation and how we're going to get prices down? Were they talking about gas prices? Were they talking about health care? Were they talking about minimum wage? They weren't talking about anything. The one thing they did is they held a press conference and they talked about Hunter Biden's laptop. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the Republican Party today. They don't have any solutions, any problems. They bitch and complain. Jim Jordan is the poster child for Republicans today. He hasn't passed one bill his entire career, and all he does is do the Republican red meat so he can stay in power and attack the left. And I am sick of it. They want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. They want to take women's rights away. They want they don't want to talk about minorities and issues facing minorities in this country. They don't want to do anything to help a mother raise that child. They want to force the mother to have that child. But the second that baby is born, okay, we're, we're F them. Let me circle back. I'm sick though. of it. Let, let me circle back for you, though. But you get to talk to one of the smartest most beautiful Republicans in the freaking state of Nevada on this show. Michelle Fiore? I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. (laughs) That was a joke. You know I'm not a Michelle Fiore fan. (laughs) I was just going to compliment. I was complimenting that was myself, a, that was but I funny. was just about to that compliment was funny, wasn't him. It? Come on, that was a funny was joke. was like, gonna stop, but okay, whatever, I'll finish complimenting you. <laughs> Thank you. Who has a great show that's highly rated here in Vegas where you have callers calling in, you get, and so let's not worry about it, right? Oh, I'm not worried. Yeah, so, but, so, I, you know. Michelle, make no mistake about it. I love calling out these Trumplicans. I'm not worried. Let me be fair and say I would rather have people that disagree with me, Colin, and people that agree with me. People that agree with me is boring. But uh, these days, Republicans, do you realize, Michelle, that I had several Republicans, Republicans, tell me to go out to Nye County and and uh, put out uh, a two-minute rant on Michelle Fiore? So I did it. I went out there. I gave my two minutes next to Michelle Fiore. Uh, there are some Republicans that are starting to... Wait, you went to the judicial of the peace thing? I did, thing? and I, I gave a two-minute. Uh, I can't believe you didn't see it. My my uh, <laughs> my two-minute rant was uh, was epic, man. It was epic. All right, let's take another call. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. And again, if you want to call in, now's the time to do so. Two two one seven two eight three. Let's go to Chuck. Chuck, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Um, I'm first of all, I'm I'm not I'm not a coward. Um, okay. and uh, I'll debate you. Okay. Um, so uh, so you're I've a master a debater. Is that what you're saying, sir? <laughs> Uh, no, I will debate you, but I'm not bad. Yeah. Okay. I was just joking, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so why, why are we sending money to help Ukraine to secure sure. their borders? Great answer. Stopping the invasion. What, what sure. about the invasion sure. coming to our country? Sure. Uh, so first That's, of all, we don't have an invasion coming to our country. Yes, uh, we do. Okay. So are you going to let me answer what now, do you sir? Call it then? Sir? We've got, mil- sir? we've got millions that come in. Here's That's how, here's how, sir, here's how radio shows work. Okay. 
You call in. I'm happy to take your call. You ask me a question, and then you give me an opportunity to respond. Does that sound fair to you? Okay. Okay. And Go I will, ahead. and then I will give you a chance to respond after me. I will gladly. First of all, there are families in the Ukraine, mothers that are getting raped while their kids watched, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are being murdered because Vladimir Putin and his evil, murderous regime are trying to take over that country. There is no invasion here, sir. In fact, if you actually could spell the word fact, you would know that per capita, you are more likely to be the victim of a crime from an American citizen, maybe somebody like yourself, rather than somebody that is undocumented. That is not an invasion, sir. We've had issues when it comes to illegal immigration in this country for decades and decades and decades. What is happening in the Ukraine is an invasion. Have you seen a mother being raped while their children had to watch and then the children are executed as well, sir? Because that is what has been going on in the Ukraine. They are our allies, sir, and we are helping them. Now, if you think we've sent them a little bit too much money, then I'm willing to have that debate with you, sir. But how dare you compare what is going on in the Ukraine to what is going on in this country? That is absurd. Okay, what about what about all the, the crime in our country that's not not being addressed? What about all, all the how is how the is the crime? Grabs. Hold on, I, I I thought you said uh, that crime, I get to talk. Uh, you you do, but you just said what okay. about all the crime in our country? How can you compare that to what is going on in the Ukraine? That is a ridiculous analogy. Talk to me about what crime <laughs> that is not being addressed. Go ahead. All the smash and grabs and everything. Yeah, tell me what race is doing that. First of all, okay. So what race now, okay, is primarily okay, doing okay. That? So you want to be a racist now? Okay. So no, I'm not. So, be, I'm not being racist. What, what, I'm okay. Just, I'm so sir, you sir, what race is doing it? Sure, all sorts of races. If you look at the actual fat, sir, are you telling me that white people don't do smash and grabs? Is that what you're telling me, sir? You, Answer the question. Have you, are you have telling you seen me, it on the news? sir, sir? I don't have watch. You seen it on the news? I don't watch clan. I, I don't watch clan TV like you do, sir. Uh, are you, are you, yeah, yeah, See, laugh. Sir, what is it, sir? That, sir okay, okay, no, 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 no. One, more point. You, okay, one no, no, more point. No, 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 you don't make your point yet. I'm not done. Are you, you didn't answer my question. Are you telling me that the only people that commit smash and grab crimes are black people? Do white people not what, commit what, robbery? Been on the news? Sir, shut up and answer the question. Stop talking to me about don't what news. Don't tell me to shut up. I just did. Have a nice day, you jerk. You racist buffoon. This is my show. It's not yours. This guy who probably lives in a mobile home and probably is having sex with his cousin, is telling me that the only people that commit smash and grabs are black people. Michelle, that is the definition of a racist, and that is Donald Trump's base. Ignorant white people that are heading to their Klan meetings tonight. That individual (laughs) should not have brought up... He's a racist. Race. I, I agree with you. Okay, so now that I'm calm, Michelle, uh, okay. <laughs> do you agree with me that that guy's a racist? There, I don't know the individual. Um, he was saying some things that were a little, uh, sounded very racist. Um, I can say this just to clear up any doubt. I have some friends who work in the forum shops here in town, very high-end shops. Um, there is so much theft going on at the forum shops over at Fendi, over at Louis Vuitton, over at, at these shops. Yeah. And um, it isn't a particular race. 
It is just people stealing because they know where the emergency exits are and they're able to get out. And it's very underreported. It's not talked about a lot because, you know, we're Vegas. We don't like to talk about what's going on. We keep everything hush-hush here. Um, but it's it's not race-related. There's a lot of theft going on. And that's because we have these laws in place that make it that if you steal up to, I believe, $1,200 worth of items, it's just a misdemeanor. So there's no there's no consequence for theft anymore. But you know where you that's got that? That's the problem. Agreed. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the lack of consequences. Yes. And that's bad DAs. That's bad laws. That's bad. That's problems there. Michelle, I think that is a very fair conversation to have, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. The guy was comparing what is happening in the Ukraine to crime in this country. Let's be very clear. This country is not being invaded. Are there people entering the country illegally? Yes. There are not families that are being raped and murdered, and the country isn't trying to be taken over by another country. This moron, who probably has an IQ of about 10, again, Donald Trump's base, is trying to compare the two. And then all of a sudden he goes to his race, uh, his racial issues that he has with black people. And he says, uh, what did he say? Something uh, uh, smash and grab. Smash you right. As if the only people that are stealing things are black people. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a clear racist. Now, where does he get that from? Where does he get that rhetoric from? He says, watch the news. Because if you watch Fox News... All they do is show black people committing crimes. That's not true. They don't. They do a lot of the time. Let me talk about Ukraine from a very personal perspective. So my mom, my stepmom, Mila, her niece, Olga, is married to a gentleman named Peter, and she was taking care of Olga's mom, Anyeta. Anyeta died in early June. And a few months ago, Peter, who was called to the front lines because he was over the age of 18 and had to fight for Ukraine, um, he ended up dying on the front lines of Ukraine. These were just normal people. They lived like in a village. They, they like nothing like anything we have here, like a freaking village. Right. You know, where like you have farms and in their basement they have, you know, food that they keep that they grew in their little plot of land okay this is very like farm country life that they have there and he's dead now because he fought for his country because another country freaking invaded it that's what's happening in ukraine you can disagree with giving millions of dollars you can say we should have done something differently i believe we should have done something differently i believe we should be fighting far more powerfully than just handing over money because there's family that matters to my stepmom mila very much that mm-hmm. has been lost so yes it means something to me her cousin her nephew pavel is fighting on the front line she's got family members who are fighting on the front lines right now yeah. she's lost family members so yeah it's freaking personal and yeah what's happening over there is wrong How would you feel if one day we woke up and Mexico was just like, hey, guess what? I want Texas back. I'm coming back and I'm taking it. Michelle, that would be what I would call an invasion. An invasion. That's That's an actual invasion. But that's what Russia did to Ukraine. Why is it people don't understand that? freaking thing. Michelle, why is it Republicans, so many, I keep saying you're a Republican, I'm not talking about you. Why is it so many Republicans don't understand what an actual invasion is? And that's what I This country isn't being invaded. And that's what I want you to understand, Brian. You you said, why do I keep saying Republicans? Because you're a Republican and you understand. What I'm trying to say to you is, I think you focus on the minority of Republicans who don't get it who comment on a TikTok feed, who get you riled up and don't realize that the majority of the Republicans are not that 1% who are like, I don't know. I think everybody's racist and I'm going to go clan meeting. He, How about that guy who just called in? You sounded like that guy who just called in. <laughs> that, that's that 1%, okay? Hey, can that, I ask you a question? Yes. Vegas, I know you're not a gambler. What are the odds that that guy who just called in is actually a grand wizard? Be honest. Do you think he's a favorite? you think he could be going to a clan meeting tonight? 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, know. for the record, for the record, Trump supporters and if he and lives in Vider, Texas, very high. <laughs> dumbbells, dumbbells who are Trumplicans that are racist. Don't get me riled up. Jessica Alba gets me riled up. Okay, it's a different type of riled up. But anyway, you can think about that. It's a, and, and and get back to me. But anyway, we'll take a break. All right. She is Michelle Mortensen. She is an eight-time Emmy winner. Uh, if you would like to call in, you're welcome to 702-221-7283. Even if you're Chuck, who's heading to his uh, Klan rally tonight, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. I want to hear Michelle do that voice again. That was very, very good. I'm pretty good uh, at voices. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was like a, a middle-of-the-road Trump supporter. Yeah, that was good. Uh, anyway, all right. And, and by the way, our number two... I do want to talk about uh, the lives we've lost, some of the biggest news stories in 2022, and some of the, sadly, the most influential people. Are we going to talk about our best shows of 2022, too? We could do that. Yeah, that's very fair. I definitely have a contender that I would love to talk about. I think we can do that as well. Yes, we can fit that one in there as well. Again, that number to call, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Welcome back. It is pushing the limits on a Friday. Man, how about this uh, this Raiders drama that continues? Uh, I just wanted mm. to address it. Uh, Derek Carr is never going to play another game in the silver and black. I don't think there's any question about that. He's not even going to be with the team this weekend. I don't even think he's going to be on the sidelines. And uh, some people are saying, oh, look at the way you're treating Derek Carr. It's so sad. Listen, he can take his bundle of millions of dollars and live a very happy life. A lot of Some people are speculating that he might retire. And, and that actually would not surprise me much but uh we'll have to wait and see what happens this weekend but the drama when it comes to the las vegas raiders uh certainly continues uh there's no there's no question about that so we wanted to talk a little bit about uh some of the biggest stories michelle of 2022 and sadly one of the big stories was uh uvalde texas Uh, there were a lot of mass shootings in this country way too many one is too many but this shooting in uvalde texas uh, and there still seems to be no accountability. I mean, some people might lose their jobs, but there's going to be no criminality. I, I am pro-police and pro-Black Lives Matter. But what took place in Uvalde, Michelle, was was heartbreaking. And the cowards, and that's what they were, the 17 officers that were waiting in those hallways for an hour, absolute cowards. And many police officers I spoke to agree. And uh, you want to talk about something that was just absolutely gut-wrenching. But if you talk to some of the Republicans out there, like Governor Abhol, as I call him, or Ted Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz will say, well, we just need to harden our schools and lock our back doors. Uh, complete, absolute buffoonery. And I'm very disappointed in Matthew McConaughey because I thought he was making a very heartfelt speech, but he had no solutions to the problems. And he uh, apparently he's a Republican that still supports Governor Abbott, who's done absolutely nothing in that I state. I don't think Matthew McConaughey is a Republican at all. I comes I, from a I, huge I, Republican family. Yep. I've always considered him. He's he's out there in Longview. He's a little bit more just like he's kind of like a hippie, kind of glow with the flow. I be I see him as more like apolitical. Well, if that was the case, then why didn't he say I'm not going to support Governor Abbott, who has done absolutely? He's actually helped people mentally ill people get guns in his state. I think it was more I'm not supporting Beto. 
You know, sometimes, so in politics, remember, it's when you only have two choices, it's you're supporting one guy or the other. Well, and sometimes you're not supporting someone because you're like, God, I love this person so much. It's because I don't like the other person. Understood. But if you're passionate about this gun control <laughs> issue, which it appeared that Matthew McConaughey was, then you support Governor Abbott because, uh, or I'm sorry, Governor, uh, Governor, you don't support Governor Abbott. You, you would support the other side and uh, better work in this case. Uh, if, if you care about gun control and, this story is just, uh, from the top down, it's just awful. I mean, this deranged animal kills uh, or shoots his grandmother in the face and then and then decides to execute all these innocent He's a horrible children. person, that shooter. But I think we've yet to see, I think Matthew McConaughey, I think we could start to see, I think he's trying to develop who he is and who he is as a political figure because I think in time you're going to see him take that stand. But I think he's still trying to get his feet wet and kind of figure out where he stands on issues. Remember, he's just an actor. And have we had actors who've become politicians before? Sure. Ronald Reagan, um, Kemp, um, the dude from Love Boat, Gopher became a congressman. There's not many who've made the made the transition, but they've got to kind of figure out who they are politically. And I think that's what Matthew McConaughey is doing right now. I think we're going to see him run for office and I think he might be very successful at it, but I don't think he knows exactly where he stands on everything just yet. Okay, I think well, he's getting his feet wet. Well, I, I was very disappointed with him and <laughs> not uh, being speaking a little more outwards in, in regards to gun control issues. He really okay. had no substance in it. I get his emotion. It's heartbreaking. He's from Uvalde. I understand all that. To me, it wasn't enough. Uh, obviously, another big story, of course, we've been talking about it is the war in the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the biggest story of the year. Yeah. And, and by the way, I'm not making that stuff up. You as you know this, that there are families and mothers that have been raped, murdered in front of their kids, uh, families massacred for no reason, cities torn apart. You know, that is what I would call a true invasion. And um, certainly, sadly, one of the biggest stories. There's, there's no question about it. Um, so uh, probably the biggest story, right? I would agree with you. The other big story, another big one, is the overturning of Roe versus Wade. That was a huge story for this year, too. I, I'm, I'm sure there's people who disagree with me, and they would say that was the biggest story of the year and not Ukraine. Um, and you could you could argue with me pretty well and, and say, I might concede and say, you're right. That was historic. That was huge. I think it had direct consequences for the election here in 2022. It's a big deal. Um, huge. One of the biggest stories of uh, the decade, probably. Hasn't really gone away. No. And there are a lot of Republicans out there that still feel like a woman should not be allowed to choose what she does with her own body. I believe it's the big reason why the midterms uh, Republicans didn't have. Uh, the year they were Right. Expecting right. the red wave that they were expecting. Exactly. I, when you asked uh, in most polls, number one issue was the economy. Number two was abortion. Um, and I think if Republicans, even if you call yourself pro-life and I would call you much more pro-life than many others that call them pro-life. The reason why I have an issue with pro-life is because many Republicans that are policymakers that call themselves pro-life are against every single policy that would help that mother raise that child could be food stamps could be welfare could be maternity leave could be universal health care if you call yourself pro-life then you have to be consistent on those issues then i'll hear you out you know i that that's what frustrates me about people that do call themselves pro-life if republicans just stuck to oh if you're the victim of incest or rape you should be allowed to have an abortion a uh, young teenage girl that makes a mistake you should be allowed to have an abortion um but if they took it to all right let's go to three months if you're three months pregnant after that, a legal abortion shouldn't be allowed unless there's health issues with the mother. I would have actually been okay with that. But 
it's it's all or nothing with some of these alt right Republicans. It's it's no again though. I think you're not looking at the majority because the majority of people I know who are in the pro life movement with me, it's people who do support adoption and the foster programs and and food stamps and maternity leave. I don't really know anyone who's against maternity leave. I don't know a soul who's against maternity leave. Although all, of most of the Republicans that are in office so, vote against but it. But again, but, but we have to differentiate between Republicans who are in office, that 535 individuals who are in Washington, D.C., and the millions of Republicans who are in this country. There is a huge, huge, huge difference, and I don't think we differentiate enough between the two. All I can tell you is that I'm not right now speaking about Republicans in general terms. I'm speaking about the Republicans that are in office. I know. And the overwhelming Republicans that are in office right now vote against maternity leave. The overwhelming majority of Republicans that are in office right now, if they had their way, not all of them, but most of them, if they had the opportunity, would abolish abortion altogether. I'm not talking about Republicans in general, people like you. I'm talking about those that are actually policymakers in office right now. And that is an extreme position. You are right. I think it was over 60%, 65% of Republicans and Democrats believe that a woman should have the right to choose. Yes, you are right. But we have extremists in office. And yes, there are some on the left that are extremists as well. Uh, no question. But those on the on the far right that are in office right now would, would abolish abortion altogether. And this was a big story, not just this year, but it's been a big story for a long time. What made it different this year is obviously the overturning of Roe versus Wade. You had Supreme Court members that, you know would say, Barrett uh, being one of them, that basically lied and said, oh, well, I respect Roe versus Wade. You know, that's that's the law of the land. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here and 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 basically did the exact opposite when they were in power. They lied. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I understand there's a lot of controversy around this issue. I just always like to make that that clarification that the pro-life movement itself and the people at regular individuals like myself who are pro-life, we're not these bad people who are like, I hate maternity leave. I hate the foster care system. I don't support it. No, we do support all of those things. So I like to make that differentiation because it's fine if you want to attack those 535 people in Washington, but regular folks like me and people like me, we're not the enemy. And that's what I like to make that different. I, I think it's important to differentiate that. Yes. Uh, and, and again, when I talk about um, Republicans in general uh, and the ones that I criticize on a daily basis, they are the retrumplicans or as Hillary Clinton would call deplorables. The people that Donald Trump said, if I shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, I w- they would still support me. The p- person like Chuck who called in, who, who, who made racist generalized statements and then says, it's on the news. Uh, yes, if you watch Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram, they will do nothing but attack minorities. If you watch Newsmax or OAN, they will do nothing but attack Democrats. If you actually watch real news with real journalists, and there are some real journalists on Fox News, not Newsmax, but there are some that I have some respect for, some. Brett Baer is one of them. Uh, if I go Bill to see, Hammer is great. Um, he's okay. Uh, I, I also think Jake Tapper is a very good journalist on CNN. I don't like Don Lemon. I never did. Um, I, uh, some people might disagree with me on this one, but I actually think, and I know Chris Cuomo is not with CNN anymore. He's very fair. He interviews Republicans and Democrats. He attacks Democrats. He attacks Republicans. I think he's fair. I don't like his brother very much, but, uh, I think Chris Cuomo is He was never fair. fair to his brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, you know, I think there are good journalists almost everywhere if you looked hard enough. But if you find 
networks like Newsmax, you, you will probably think that minorities are the only ones committing crimes in this country. You will think that Donald Trump is the next messiah. And those people are very dangerous for this country. Those type of media outlets are very dangerous for this country. One sided. I don't watch MSNBC either. I don't watch Rachel Maddow. I don't like her. I find her to be very boring. And to be quite frank, I don't really watch MSNBC at all. I find MSNBC to be, it's very hard it's to watch. Dry. Uh, it's so dry. Who's the guy who does the morning show over um, there? Scarborough. Harborough, Scarborough. Um, he's okay. He's okay. But I, I would watch him. I, I could deal with him, but and Mika Brzezinski, but like, I don't watch The View either. Uh, oh, The View is the worst. Yeah, I mean, I just. Oh, The I, View I, is just. And, and, oh, well, when they used to have McCain on, my daddy, my, <laughs> my daddy, my daddy, my daddy, shut up, you idiot. Oh, but all of them. <laughs> it's like, could you get the five most annoying, irritating women together, put them around a table and let them talk for an hour? That's what The View is. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to be defending Whoopi Goldberg. I'll tell you no, that. No, she's awful. Um, Joy, what's her name is awful? I don't, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg is awful, but I do think she's very ignorant. She's a Holocaust um, denier. Um, I don't think she's a Holocaust denier. What she did do, though, is she basically downgraded the Holocaust to not being about race. Uh, race is not just about the color of one's skin. Race is an entire community or culture or religion of people. And this, uh, the Holocaust wasn't about religious intolerance. It was about whether you're a good Jew or a bad Jew or a practicing Jew. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. If we you are were going... Jewish, they were going to kill you. Exactly. And that and is a race of people. And if you were helping the Jews, it didn't matter if you were German, Christian, whatever. Right. They were like, oh, you're going to help the Jews? We're going to go kill you too. Exactly. And that is a race of people. Yes. And she is ignorant to that. Super. Um, and it's very unfortunate. And she deserved to be suspended, quite frankly. And I'll even go a step further. If you're that stupid... Just get her off the darn show. Yeah. If you're I that... Mean, whoopies if, should be if done. You're, if you're that dumb, um, I do like Anna Navarro. I think she's probably the most talented one on there. And the reason why I like Anna Navarro, even though she's a Republican, uh, there are some Republicans I do like. She is still a Republican. Uh, she is, but but she doesn't like what I don't like. I don't think she considers herself. <laughs> well, she doesn't. Well, listen, she's been a, re- a lifelong Republican her whole life, but she calls out the bad Republicans out there. She's very opinionated. She's entertaining. She's very intelligent. And uh, I like Navarro a lot. Joy Bay Hoyston's pretty bleh, too. Joy Behar's a comedian. Uh, not really the place. Uh, listen, you could say Bill Maher's a comedian. I think he's wonderful. I think he does a great show. He's pretty. F- I um, like. I like him. More and, and more. he's been attacking a lot of Democrats recently. But um, I don't always agree with Bill Maher. But he does a very entertaining show. He's a very intelligent guy. You're not going to always agree with him. But he's also a comedian. But uh, you know, he did politically incorrect for years, and he got canceled there. And now, real time with Bill Maher. So it is possible to be a comedian and do a very good news talk political show. You know, we were talking about the biggest stories of 2022, and I think there were two other stories that were really big, but they're not important stories, but I think they were big and they really affected well, America became entranced with them. And that was the slap when um, Will Smith got up and slapped uh, what's his name, Chris Rock, at the uh, Oscars or whatever award show that nobody watched was, and also the uh, trial, the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. Those were two stories that really should not have been as as important and significant as they were, but they really like took a hold of America yeah. for a great deal of time. And that Johnny Depp trial, did you watch any of it? That became like must freaking see TV. Uh, she she was... pooped in the bed. Yeah, that's weird. I was just going to say that. That's re- <laughs> You want to talk about the worst thing a woman, besides uh, Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. Uh, what's the second? <laughs> By the way, we had John Wayne Bobbitt on the show a few weeks ago. Besides somebody cutting somebody's penis off, which I can't imagine much worse than that, yeah. um, would be to poop in the bed on yeah. purpose. Uh, I mean, Johnny Depp, you watched it and you're like, wow. Johnny Depp is high all the time. You're like, wow, he is crazy. But then you're like, Amber Heard 
is even more crazy and insane. Like that yeah. trial destroyed that woman. And I don't know that Will Smith will ever come back from the slap because I think Will Smith just don't you look at him so differently now? He's no longer the French prince. He's yeah. no longer the freaking genie. That was a big story. He's, you're right. Like, he is now like, why are you such an ass? Well, that was that was a big story, Michelle. Yeah. You're right. And I didn't even think about that one. And there's a couple things I would say to that. First of all, I'm glad that he's owned it. I'm glad he's apologized for it. And I think this is probably maybe a good thing uh, for Will Smith because maybe he'll turn his life around a little bit. He's got some issues with Jada Pinkett Smith. Do you um, think? And I think Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> shares responsibility in this. And I believe her actions. Listen, some people are in open relationships. Uh, I used to be in one years back and it didn't work out very well for me. But uh, some people can deal with that. I'm not going to talk about their personal issues except to say there's no question that Will Smith uh, has been affected by Jada, uh, in my opinion, in a negative way. With that yeah, being yeah. said, what happened and the way Chris Rock handled it was nothing but professional. I have so much. I respect um, Chris Rock even more now. Yeah, he's such a talented guy and yeah. he handled it great. And that was <laughs> not staged. Uh, I would also say that when you think of comedians that have been attacked on stage since then. Yes. And I think of Dave Chappelle, Dave who Chappelle. could have been killed. And I'm so glad that guy with the knife. Uh, I'm so glad that he's in jail now. But I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not 100% on this, but I'm not sure that Dave Chappelle is attacked on stage, if not for what Will Smith did. This is very dangerous for comedians across the country. I love going to live comedy shows. I'm going to a comedy show tonight. My friend, uh, Mike Hammer, who does a show downtown, he's a magician and he's a very funny insult comic. He says some brutal things to people, and that's what I love about him. I, I like it. Uh, but in this day and age, you never know. There could be a psychopath. There. I love Dave Chappelle. I love Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I love people who, like, honestly kind of offend people all the time. And I think comedy should be offensive. I think it's okay for comedy to be offensive. And I get sick and tired of comedians being canceled. Because I think if your comedy is always going to be so, like, non-offensive, that then it's not comedy. Then why are you doing it? I don't want comedy that's so clean and so nice that, you know, everyone was like, well, that was just like a perfect little show. No, it should be offensive. You should be saying things. It that's what comedy is. It's a release. It's an ability to laugh. So I support Ricky Gervais, Dave Chappelle, all of them so much. I want to see more of it. I love it. I hate cancel culture. I hate all of it. And I want, I hope that 2023 is the year of even more comedy, even more outrageous and fabulous comedy. Yeah. And um, can we just have more Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle? Oh, that would make great. me so happy. I, I love some Larry David. You know, it's interesting. I love Larry David. And is it true Curb Your Enthusiasm is coming back again? It is. It is. They're making a new season. Freaking love um, that man. You know, it's amazing when I, I talk about people that I like, for example, and I mentioned Anna Navarro, and I understand some people might not like her uh, views. Uh, she calls out the alt-right, and some, if chances are, if you're a Republican, you'll call her a POS, and somebody uh, on my TikTok just called her that. And I say to myself, here's an educated woman who's dedicated her entire life, uh, obviously, within the Republican Party. She's worked for many, many of campaigns. Uh, and in the last several years, she has made a big name for herself for calling out hate, for calling out bad behavior. Now, there are some Republicans out there that look up to Cheeto Jesus that don't like it when a Republican calls out Donald Trump for being the despicable person that he is. But the type of person, Michelle, that would call Anna Navarro a POS – I guarantee you is the same person that pleasures themselves every night to a uh, to a picture of Donald Trump. Okay. I'm, t I'm telling um, you. I'm telling so you. I'll, well, so did you see the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where uh, Larry David decides to wear the MAGA hat? I did. That was a very funny episode. It was a very funny episode. I am a conservative. I was not offended by that episode because – 
I, I thought it was funny because comedy is supposed to be, it's supposed to push limits. It's supposed to, it's supposed to make fun of things and you shouldn't be offended by everything. Being offended is a choice and I choose not to be offended and I choose to see the humor in yeah. things, even if it might, you know, I'm not sure Larry David would be like, I would love to be friends with that Michelle Mortensen. She seems like a cool Republican chick. <laughs> no, he probably wouldn't, but I still, I'm not offended by it. I think it's funny and I think we should just have more comedy. I freaking love it. Yeah, so do I. That I was mean, a good episode. I I'm love, sorry. It was yeah, funny. Oh, it was great. Uh, Larry David's a, a genius. You know, he he's really is. Com- comedic genius. Um, we need to be able to make fun of one another. We need and to be he able didn't to- cancel, what's his name? The guy who got canceled from the Goldbergs. Oh, you're talking about the guy who plays his agent in yeah, the show. Uh, yeah. yeah, what's yeah. his name? Because and, they canceled him on the Goldbergs, and that yeah. show used to be funny, and now it sucks because they got rid of the freaking dad. He's great. Uh, he's been but great. But what's his name? Uh, what's I, his name? I know, I know, I know who you're talking about. Uh, that would be Susie Essman's uh, husband, husband on the show. Yes. Uh, He's a very funny actor. Dang it, I can't think and, of it. And he does a great job. Um, and uh, I think all the characters on Kirby. I've been watching a lot of The Sopranos, by the way, too, as well. But, oh, are uh, you the one who's – somebody else is rewatching The Sopranos. I've been watching them all, and I God, I just love it. Um, uh, th- so the episode – Polly died this year. Yeah, we were going to talk about that next. Um, uh, Sirico, uh, Polly Walnuts. Before we go to break, uh, the episode that I was watching yesterday is when all the gangsters find out that Vito – Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland, yep. Uh, uh, the episode I was watching Sopranos yesterday. Have you watched the Sopranos? Oh yeah, I, but I watched it in out, real time, like in they, the episode. The 2000s? They, they find out that Vito is gay. Oh and, yeah, and, and they're sitting at the table, and Tony Sharippa, who plays Bobby Bacala on the show, who I've interviewed plenty of times, great guy. <laughs> so Bobby Bacala, this is when they find out he's gay, and it's 100. percent It's the funniest scene ever. Bobby Bacala goes in his voice. He goes, "Well, I'll tell you this much." He can't be uh, hanging around our social club anymore. And one of the gangsters sitting next to him goes, social club? He's got to go. <laughs> Just the funniest scene ever. Uh, and I've interviewed Vito, the guy who played Vito. I've interviewed him as well. What a great show. And uh, the late James Gandolfini, um, yes. I met him. I was lucky enough to meet him an hour before he died. Uh, the late Muhammad Ali, they were doing his 70th birthday. It was a gala, uh, $10,000 plate dinner. And I don't know how this idiot got in, but I was able to because I covered the event. And um, saw James Gandolfini, walked in with a cane. He wasn't looking too good. He's, like, I think he had back issues about a year before he died. And they're all sitting at these tables. And, you know, I just walked up to Gandolfini. I'm just, we're all having dinner. And, you know, people are saying hi to each other. I said, Mr. Gandolfini, I'm sorry to bother you, sir. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the work that you've done. Uh, you know, I watch The Sopranos every day. And he looked at me and it was so weird because I have Tony Soprano looking at him. And he talks in his James Gandolfini <laughs> voice. Which is so very different from Tony Soprano. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's very nice of you to say. What's your name? What do you do here? Like, he was very nice and, and uh, he was there for the charity. And, and it was just so weird because I'm talking to Tony Soprano, but it's not Tony Soprano and James Gandolfini. And uh, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life, just th- that I was able to just thank him for what he did. And God, Chris Cornell was there that day, the late Chris Cornell. And since we're going to be talking about people who have died in the last year, but that event that I went to like 10 years ago, uh, so many, amazing people that have lost their lives that I met. I met Will Smith there that day too, by the way. Did you watch White Lotus at all? The I did not, no. second season of White Lotus has Michael Imperioli in that. Oh, I love Michael and Imperioli. he's in yeah. The Sopranos and I can't not, Christopher Moltisanti. I can't see him as anybody other than Christopher. So it's like yeah. he doesn't have to act anymore. <laughs> in White Lotus season yeah. two, I was like, ah, I'm not buying it. Well, here's, don't feel bad for uh, Christopher Moltisanti. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because um, the, the the bottom line here is that 
he's made a lot of money from The Sopranos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, uh, don't, so, didn't they all? Didn't yeah, they all? Yeah, made a lot yeah. of money. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about um, those that we've lost in the past year in 2022, some very influential people. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com.
All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits, and it is on a Friday. We're a couple days away from New Year's Eve. I want to tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town. That is, of course, Jackson's Bar and Grill. Jackson's Bar and Grill, I don't know if you've ever been there, Michelle. I haven't even asked you. Uh, Have you ever been to Jackson's Bar and Grill? you got to check it out. I have not yet been to Jackson's Bar and Grill. Maybe one of these days we'll go after the show. It is honestly one of my favorite. uh, Well, it certainly is one of my favorite gaming bar in town. There's no question about that. Where is it in town in respect Uh, to where we are? Flamingo and Jones. Okay, cool. Uh, Let me give you their January promotions. (laughs) Uh, Every Sunday, you earn 200 points. You get 50 bucks in free play. Wednesdays, get a four of a kind in twos through tens. And you get a wheel spin. Uh, January 20th is their 20-year anniversary. Anniversary party. You meet and greet with Marcus Banks and William Hung from American Ooh, Idol. William Hung. Uh, and there's going to be many uh, free play uh, giveaways as well. Some restrictions do apply. So please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill and tell them that I sent you, please. Um, so sadly, Michelle, we've, uh, as, as we always do every year, we talk about the people, the most influential people that we've lost in the world. And I don't have a list long enough. To, we don't have time to go, to go through over every, everyone we lost. But some of the people that were, were that I will miss dearly. I'm going to start with Bob Saget. Yeah. I met Bob Saget for the first, he's one of the first celebrities I ever met. I was like 17 years old and uh, I got into Dangerfield's comedy club uh, in LA and I got in, didn't even know he was going to be there. Unbelievably funny. And then after the show, it was like the first autograph I ever got from somebody famous. And so Bob, could I get an autograph? So he takes my piece of paper and he signs it to Brian. The Olsen twins are gagged in the trunk. Bob <laughs> Bob Saget. I just thought it was the, I love the guy ever since. And um, I got a chance to interview him over the years. I did an interview with him at the Hard Rock before his show. And my mom calls me in the middle of the interview. And Bob says, I forgot to turn my phone off. Who's that? I'm like, it's my mom. He goes, answer it. So I answer it. He says, give me the phone. He takes the phone. And he says, is this Brian's mom? I just want you to know I'm Brian's real dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Uh, horrible circumstances around his death. He yeah. was a legend. And uh, he'll be sorely missed. And he was loved by people of all ages because my daughters are really young. They're eight and ten. And they were sad that, you know, Danny from Fuller House died. So he was someone that, like, it really didn't matter where you were on the age spectrum. You could be 75. You could be five. And you were, like, really sad that Bob Saget died. So that was a huge loss at the beginning of the year. No question. A local here and somebody who I've interviewed a number of times. Louis Anderson? I interviewed him six months before he died because he was in the new Coming to America movie, which wasn't very good, by the way. But that wasn't Louis Anderson. I watched fault. it. <laughs> uh, Louis was another great guy who was a genius, a comedic genius. He was able to do PG-13 comedy in a way that no one else did it. And his health was not very good. He was a very large man. He always would brag about all the butter he ate and his family. But what a what a great guy. And, and He really did sad. kid comedy, though. Are you old enough to remember that sure. little Saturday morning kid cartoon he had, Absolutely. though, Louis? Absolutely. And every time he would come to Channel 8, every time he would come into the studio, he would just have us all rolling. He was just the most lovable, kind generous man. I just thought Louis Anderson was like, he was larger than life and he was just so great to be around. Just always such a joy. He was a huge yeah, loss. Yeah, so he'll, we're going to miss Louis. Uh, he was he was awesome. Another guy that I met here in Vegas, I've met, uh, sadly, uh, met a lot of, bad for them, I guess, but I've met a lot of these guys that sadly have lost their lives. Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. Um, so Gilbert, yeah, flat guy and uh, unbelievably funny humor, like raunchy, <laughs> depressed humor i just loved his his style gilbert was one of the best in the business he's so funny his appearances by the way if you want to die laughing i don't know if you're much of a howard stern fan as i am gilbert godfrey sitting next to beetlejuice uh, <laughs> uh and, and having them conversate was just 
radio genius. Uh, Gilbert was the best. That's Just watching him this week in Scrooge, you know, because he's yes. the cab driver in right. Scrooge. The you cab know? driver in Scrooge. Um, he had these yeah. little roles in all these movies. He, he's just so great. Yeah, so, so great. we lost Gilbert this year. Meatloaf. Um, now, yeah. um, I was a fan of his music. Of course, he was good in Fight Club. I was a fan of his movies. And um, sadly, and I don't, I try not to make things political, but he was very anti vaccine. He was anti COVID and he spewed a lot of propaganda and he died of COVID. Uh, now, I wish he was still with us, but I also wish he took COVID a little bit more seriously. Um, Jeremy Giambi, uh, of course, uh, uh, his brother, uh, far better baseball career, but Jeremy, uh, who I also happen to meet, he struggled with drug addiction his whole life. He was coaching now baseball at the high school level and give, you know, I spoke with him on social media like a few years ago and, uh, Jeremy was a good dude and, uh, he died, uh, sadly way too young of an age. Uh, Going to the musician route, I'm a big fan of the Foo Fighters. I love David yeah. Grohl. Uh, very sad what happened to Taylor Hawkins, also drug overdose. Taylor Hawkins was their drummer and uh, probably one of the bigger musicians that passed away over the I course of the last year. And uh, Well, bigger for our generation. Like, yes. Meatloaf dying probably was bigger to my dad. I was kind of like, ah, I don't care. Uh, but the drummer and the Foo Fighters dining, that was kind of like a Kurt yeah. Cobain loss for uh, us. This song is instilled in my head. I would yeah. do anything for love, yeah, that's but a- I won't do that. Very yes. popular song that is still played on our airwaves. Uh, Naomi Joe just recently yep. passed away. Uh, very sad for her and her family, and she took her own life, which makes it I even... Know. That was very shocking. I um, know. Here's another one. To, uh, somebody that I grew up with, you talk about gangster movies, and and uh, Goodfellas, of course, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Phenomenal actor yes. of my generation and yours, Ray Liotta. Yes. Uh, Ray Liotta was a phenomenal talent and a really good guy, too, from what I've heard. Yeah. I didn't hear him anybody saying You should bad. watch the last series he did. It's on Apple TV. It's called Blackbird, if you haven't watched it. It's I amazing. haven't seen that. I yeah. haven't seen that. Uh, yeah. Actor Philip Baker Hall. He was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's been in a lot of other movies. Philip uh, Baker Hall's uh, 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 a, an actor, a legend. Uh, he played the doctor in Curb Your Enthusiasm that spit accidentally. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. now I'm following uh, him. Yeah. He's been in a ton of great movies. What a great, illustrious career he's had, and we lost him. Uh, you mentioned Pauly Walnuts. Tony Sirico is his name. Also a real-life gangster back in the yeah. day. My favorite character on Sopranos was Polly Walnuts. Yeah. Um, every, <laughs> every, every episode and every scene that he is in is just unbelievably funny. Uh, Ivana Trump passed away, sadly. Yeah. I guess she fell down the stairs or something. And, uh, because of tax reasons, she was buried on Donald Trump's golf course. So another classy move by Donald Trump. But anyway, my thoughts to Ivana Trump, not a bad person. And, uh, uh, that was very sad. The Han, the Anne Hache thing, Michelle was sad, man. That was just, you know, and there, I think now the autopsy results show that she didn't have drugs in her system. So, whatever was causing... I thought there was a little bit of cocaine in her system that they found. I thought... Okay, well, maybe, That's my I'm, understanding. maybe I'm wrong, but uh, there wasn't. She was, there was no alcohol. In no her, alcohol in her but system. But there was some cocaine in her system. She yeah. seems to, she, it was just very suspicious and very sad and, and just so, such a horrible Well, way for it's her to sad go. because like, you know, she has kids, she has a family. Yeah. Obviously, she's a very, she's a very gifted actress. Still so young, yeah, 50 something. Very young. Um, what gets me angry about a death like that is that she put everybody else in harm's way. It wasn't just her. Yeah. And that's why it's hard. I, listen, I feel for her family. I do. Her kids. It's terrible. But when somebody like that dies and it's so self-induced, we're not even talking about a drug overdose, you know, like Taylor Hawkins, who struggled as he didn't harm anybody else. He harmed himself. We're talking about a woman who was driving recklessly, hit and run, could have killed somebody. 
could have killed multiple people. So it's hard. It's a different circumstance for me. Why I feel bad for her family. It's like she did it to herself, man, and she put us all at risk. It's always sad when you're dying behind the wheel we, because Leslie Jordan also died behind the wheel this year. Um, you know, I, I think he had right. some sort of heart episode and, yep. you, you know, when you're behind the wheel. What a and, nice man, too. You've heard oh so God. many nice things about Such him. Such a man. lovely man. So funny, so yeah. charming. And it's so sad because COVID kind of made his resurgence, you know, because he was on TikTok and Instagram all the time and he just saw that new level of fame that he hadn't really seen since Will and Grace and he was just so popular, just a new height of his career and just taken far too soon. Yeah, very sad. Uh, So here's somebody that I grew up listening to, as many of us did, uh, probably one of the best, if not the best baseball broadcaster and one of the best play-by-play broadcasters in the history of all sports. He was a legend. I met him in Las Vegas when uh, the Dodgers were playing uh, preseason out here at at the old uh, 51s field. Of course, I'm talking about Vince Scully. Uh, Vince Scully, um, nobody better than him. A lot of great broadcasters in baseball. Nobody better than Vince Scully. And what a wonderful man. What a life. And the guy did it. Uh, he was doing this for, for longer than I was alive. And, um, you know, old age, uh, obviously he was up there in age and he retired at the right time. But uh, baseball will not be the same without Vince Scully. The Dodgers will not be the same without Vince Scully. And uh, sorely missed. One of the best ever. One of the best broadcasters of all time. And I would actually argue, I would put two of them up there as far as play-by-play people. And sadly, they both passed. I would say Johnny Most and Vin Scully are the two best play-by-play guys in the history of, of sports. Those two. And you could, listen, you could put a lot of others in there. Marv Albert's probably got to be up there, right? And there's there's others up there, but but it doesn't rise to the level of Johnny Most. Bird stole the ball. Like, and I think of Vince Scully and all the stories he would. Baseball is very difficult doing play by play. And he did it by himself because you have so much time in between pitches. It's not like quick action like hockey, which is also difficult to do play by play. You know, it's not like basketball or hockey or football, where in baseball, you have so much time to kill. The games are so slow sometimes. Not only was he so knowledgeable, and not only did he know every stat from every player and the history of the game and everything. But the storytelling that Vin Scully did, uh, you know, it kept you listening. Even the, the the Dodgers could be up 12-0 in the eighth inning and the game's over. And you still want to listen because you want to listen to Vin Scully. What's Vin Scully going to say next? So um, legend, just a legend in broadcasting. Uh, and, and we will never forget him. Um, I know Olivia Newton-John's agent who lives here in Las Vegas. And sadly, we lost Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. And uh, he was really torn up over that. Uh, she suffered from a terminal disease. And... and uh, Right, you want to talk so about so sad too yeah. for um, what's his name, John Travolta, because not only did he lose Olivia Newton-John, he also lost Kirstie Alley, who I, he lost yeah. about a month ago. Yeah. Two very significant he, women in his life. John Travolta lost his beautiful wife, who yes. I always had a huge crush on. She died of cancer. Yes, John Travolta lost his son. Yes, I mean Travolta has gone through some. I mean, we should be checking oh. on him. He is probably not okay. Travolta has has um, and I love John Travolta. He has gone through. I can't even imagine the pain and suffering. You lost, you have to bury your son. Then you have to see your wife's health deteriorate from cancer. And his wife was so beautiful and so talented. Um, and, and Kirstie Alley was just a huge loss too. I don't know if you liked her, but I thought she was, I rewatched um, Cheers like in 2016 because I didn't really watch Cheers when it was on TV. I was mm-hmm. really too young to watch Cheers then. She was funny in that show. She uh, was good in that She was show. in some good movies, a very talented actress. Uh, her career I enjoyed very much. Didn't like her 
beliefs personally. I think she was a whack job when it came to her well, political yeah, she was beliefs. Like Christian Science. Or well, something. she was like she was like crazy. Yeah, I, I just I, I didn't like her personally, but obviously I would never wish. You that haven't upon mentioned her. the Queen either. That was a significant yes. death. Well, I wasn't done yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I wasn't done yet. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm listing some people that impacted me in my life. Ah, um, gotcha, gotcha. But um. You're absolutely right. The Queen was a, was a big loss yeah. uh, in 2022. There's no question about it. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Coolio a couple times. Oh, yeah. Coolio's um, huge. So I saw Coolio not even that long ago, like six months ago. He was performing at halftime at an Aces game. Lived here in Vegas. He hangs out at Jackson. He used to hang out at Jackson's all the time. Wow. Here's what I know. Like, I, I think of Coolio. I think of Gangsta's Paradise, yes. right? That's the first song I think of. I think of him in those dreadlocks, and I think of him jamming out that amazing song, which is it's a great song and, and a very talented guy. But here's the amazing thing about Coolio is I had the opportunity to meet him a few times. The coolest guy in the world, the most down to earth, wants to know about you. Like this is, hey, I'm talking to Coolio, man. The guy was one of the most popular musicians in the '90s, right? And and uh, that, that it was really nice being able to meet him and talk to him. And um, one of our mutual friends, Brett Raymer, the reality, yeah, they're friends. Him and oh, Coolio, I have didn't been know that. Friends for a long time, and I remember um, I was at Brett Raymer's old home. Yeah. Um, where was that? It was the one over by my house, over by Lone Mountain. Located? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm leaving the house, and all of a sudden, I see Khalil walk in. What's up, bro? He gives me a high five. That, <laughs> that was the first time I met him. What's that up? That was my the man? cool thing about being at Brett's house is like you never knew. You never knew who's going to show up. Who you were going to like yeah. meet at Brett's house? Trust me, it's still like that in his new house. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. Khalil yeah, was Khalil a great was guy, great. very talented, but even more important, a, a really good person. Sometimes you see these famous people that are always nice people. Khalil was, was a nice like person. An inst- that was like an important song during like our formative high school years, though. Like yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that song was like a big deal when we were in high school. Absolutely. Good movie too, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to mention Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, there's yeah. another one, a legend, a legend. Going to tell this world that you're fine, cousin, fine, fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a very that controversial. That was super weird though. That was like Woody Allen-esque. Yeah. That yeah. was very strange. Yeah. Uh, that's what made him very controversial and a very yeah. controversial figure. But, but boy, he's, he did some, the great balls of fire. Yes. Song, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, songs that will, uh, that will live on forever. forever. Uh, the late Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, certainly. Um, you know, this just happened a few days ago, and I really haven't talked about this, but uh, Pele was yeah. what Michael Jordan is to basketball, He's what Wayne soccer. Gretzky is to hockey, uh, you know, what Tom Brady is to, to football. You know, he was arguably the best of all time. Yeah. And what he did for his country, what he did for his fellow man and woman, uh, and all the people that he helped along the way, and what a modest guy. Like, he would always I, – I, I've been seeing him in all these older interviews, and what Pele would always say is he'd say – you know, God gave me a gift. Yeah. You know, this is God. God gave me this gift. I'm a, uh, t- to play soccer, and he was so he was so modest and so appreciative of of the ability that he. Did. I think there's so many people that are talented that are not appreciative of, of of what they have. And Pele was not one of those people. He was so appreciative. And I watched these interviews of him over the last couple of days. I'm like, wow, what a what a great man he was, you know. And uh, arguably, I think most people would agree, the best soccer player to ever play the game. It's it's so sad when we lose, lose people at the very end of the year because mm. you just you you it's like it's just, I don't know. It's just mm. so heartbreaking. It's kind of like when we lost poor Betty White on December 31st last yes, year. Yes, yes. You know, I, I had to look it up because I was like, did we lose her on January 1st or December 31st? Yeah. And I'm still, I think, heartbroken over that one. And then we also lost Sidney Poitier this yes. year, who was such a significant actor and mm. such a, a significant uh, part of, of, of motion picture history, mm. um, some of the biggest movies of all time. 2022 kind of sucked. 
Can we just say it? Not only the people that we lost, but it was just kind of a sucky year. Michelle, the last several years have kind of sucked. You know, we had to deal with COVID. A lot of people, a lot of people died and lost their lives. We're, we're, I don't mean to be Mr. Negative here, but we're still very divided as a country. I think we're better off now than maybe we were maybe two years ago. But, and I'm not talking about politics or the economy. I'm just talking about maybe we're Mm -hmm. a little less divided now, but. The last several years have been hard on a number of people. Um, you know, November uh, marked the two-year uh, anniversary for me where I got COVID and I almost died. I mean, I was in um, the ICU for two weeks and that was uh, – I think about it every day. And uh, a friend of mine who is a casino host here in town, she's a lovely lady – And we were having a conversation and she has long COVID. And what long COVID is, is for those that don't know, it's that, yeah, you recover from COVID, but you never fully recover and you still have breathing issues and heart issues. And um, she's one of those people. So um, I offered to give her, uh, I still have some oxygen tanks and an oxygen machine and I didn't know what to do with it. I was going to throw it away and uh, I'm giving it to her because she needs it. But people don't understand just because you don't die of COVID doesn't mean you're not still suffering from long COVID. Um, so for me, I think about that every November into December because I wasn't able to have Thanksgiving with anybody. I was very lucky that this past Thanksgiving, I was able to spend it with my family back East. But this time of the year, I'm always thinking about that. I'm thinking about how appreciative I am that I'm still here, the brave uh, doctors and nurses that saved my life, uh, the real friends that I have in my life that... Um, reached out to me and visited me in the hospital, even though they weren't able to come in my room. That was really weird. Uh, it was like a scene from a movie, right? Uh, they have to wear all this gear and yeah. then they have to wave to me through the glass and talk to me on the phone. That was really strange. Um, so yeah, that was a very tough time for me. And some things have changed for me since then, but I'm certainly more appreciative now than I've ever been to be here. But that was uh, that was difficult. It's been tough. You know, there, there are a lot of people that have, that have lost their lives from covid that are not able to enjoy Christmas and New Year's with their family. And uh, I feel for them. I really do. It's horrible. Um, but yeah, the last several years have been tough, man. They've been tough on a lot of people. And if you haven't had any health issues, it could be maybe economically you're not doing very well, your business shut down. There are a lot of sad stories to talk about. And I want people to flourish. I want people to do better. Yeah. Um, it's not Donald Trump's fault that COVID got here. It's not Joe Biden's fault that you might have lost your business. Uh, uh, yes, I talk about rhetoric and messaging. And uh, I think Donald Trump failed miserably at that. Uh, but Donald, it's not Donald Trump's fault that COVID got here. It's those, uh, those bastards in Wuhan, uh, in that lab that, that, that did something. We don't know still exactly what happened, but COVID's still here. It's not gone, but we're nowhere near where we were even a year or two years ago. But I am naively hopeful that maybe 2023 will be a better year because I feel that 2020 sucked. 2021 wasn't very good. 2022 has been awful. Mm. I am hopeful that maybe 2023 will be a better, um, brighter year where we can just see some wins. Either that or maybe maybe we're just Debbie Downers because we've kind of entered that decade that starts with a four. And maybe maybe we're like in midlife crisis mode. I don't know. Or you're like, because I don't know if 40 has been that way for you, but it's been like, oh, dang, like now I'm kind of old. Like now I'm on that latter part of your life. You know, you're young and everything's exciting. And then you realize, you know, you're getting older. It kind of blows. It kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. It does does suck. You think about your health a lot more in ways you never thought about. (laughs) And you worry about like, what's the next 40 years of my life going to be like? And and so, you know, I just I I hope that it is a good year and I hope that it's a great year. And I think Vegas is in tune for a, a great year. I mean, oddly enough, Vegas made a lot 
lot of money in 2022. Yes. I don't know how. I don't know why. We have more money than we've ever had before. Um, it could be a great year for us here in Vegas. And I pray to God that it is because Vegas needs to have uh, it needs to have a high point. You know what I mean? I hope so. Um, I hope the economy continues to improve. I mean, that's all I can do, right? Is 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 hope that. But uh, I hope the economy improves. I hope that uh, people can flourish and make a lot of money. And um, I hope that... Uh, more... Hope that CES is awesome in January. Yes. We're going to get ready for the Super Bowl here in, what, 24? So, like, next year's Super Bowl? Correct. Yeah, uh, I mean, gonna... that's going to be awesome. That's correct. Uh, you know, and, and you know, it's... Um, it shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. You know, it shouldn't matter what political side of the aisle you're on. We're all human beings. We're all Americans, right? And we all want... Uh, we, at least we should want what's best for one another and we should treat each other regardless of your race or gender. Um, just because somebody's not like you doesn't mean that you should treat them any differently. I would start by certainly saying that, uh, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to, uh, to do this. So I want to have the opportunity to do it now and people like you, Michelle, but I want to thank, you know, people who have supported me, sponsors of this show. The loyal listeners of this show, my friends, people that have kicked me in the ass and said, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm in a much better place now than I was a year ago. Yeah. Both mentally and professionally. Um, and I have a lot of people to thank for that. Uh, my good friend, Brett Raymer, um, who I wouldn't be here without him. He's the one who I know I'm talking like he's my husband, but, uh, <laughs> that's, but the truth of the matter is, is he's a great friend who kicked me in the butt and, uh, you know, got me in gear. Michelle, yeah. and uh, without him and without his support of what I do, I wouldn't be here. My good friend Thomas Moskal, uh, the former DA here in Clark County, has been a great supporter of this show and a very good friend to me in helping me out. I want to thank him. Uh, my good friend Brian Slipbach, who owns with his beautiful wife Robin um, Jackson's Bar and Grill, uh, they have been such great friends to me and have uh, been great supporters of what I do and always have a helping hand and advice and whatever, and they are just wonderful people. Not only do they want run a wonderful business, but they're also wonderful people. So I want to certainly uh, thank them. I've had some candidates that have supported this show as well. And I want to thank them. I want to thank Las Vegas Country Club for supporting this show as well. Uh, I know I'm probably uh, missing. The guys over at Sahara West. Yes, of course. How could I forget about them? Uh, Andrew and Jessica, lovely couple there. Uh, they own Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They've been fantastic supporters of this show. And they're also fantastic people. I was just hanging out with Andrew the other day. And uh, they're wonderful people. And they, you know. I don't think Andrew would mind me telling this story, a one-minute story, but he he saw a homeless person on the street, started talking to him, brought him into the urgent care, got him the health care that he needed. The guy was living on the streets, and now he has an apartment. He's an artist. Just completely changed this guy's life, nice. just out of the goodness of his heart. That's the kind of people they are over there. So I'm so happy that some of the people that support this show and sponsor this show, all of them really, are just great people that I support as well. And uh, it's nice to know that I don't not sponsored by the My Pillow guy. I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's nice to know that Mike Lindell isn't sponsoring my show. <laughs> but, but no, I, I want to thank all those people, and I want to thank all my loyal listeners. And I have my loyal callers that call in all the time. I have the loyal listeners that that have been supporting me and support the show and uh, new and big and better things. And I'm I'm very excited about where I'm going to be a year from now because uh, I'm really happy about. Uh, starting all the social media stuff, the, the, the Twitter, the TikTok, the YouTube. This is stuff that I wasn't really doing in my 20 year radio career. 
And I'm starting to do it now and I see why. I mean, it's uh, the popularity of it is great and people are starting to really like my stuff and my videos and I'm very appreciative of that. So, uh, and I thank people like you who come onto the show every day. You know, Michelle, you're here, not every day. You, you, we'd kill each other if you're here every day. Uh, once a week, um, you know, Chris Wynn is another one that, that supports this show that comes in all the time. I mentioned Thomas Moscow is in here. I have a lot of regulars. Ron Futrell, as you know, was in here yesterday. Um, I have a lot of regular guests that come on this show all the time, and I'm very uh, appreciative to them as well, taking the time to come here because people like you don't have to do it. So I, uh, I appreciate that very much. Who are you appreciative of? Uh, since oh we're ending God. the year. <laughs> I'm appreciative of so many. I'm appreciative of you giving me the opportunity to of be um, on the show. It's of always, course. Uh, it's great and I've enjoyed it and it's been a lot of fun. And um, I'm appreciative for my family and for this community. Uh, I am appreciative for the Las Vegas community. They have been very welcoming to me um, over this past decade. And the fact that so many people uh, still uh, come to me for their news, for their information, for the political information, I mean, that, that means a lot. Um, and that they still come to me because, you know, when you leave TV and you're on TV every single day, you wonder if people are going to follow you, right? Mm. And you kind of feel like you have to be in the daily grind. You have to be on TV every day and otherwise you're going to lose your relevancy. And I haven't. And it's been nice because I get to have a normal life. I get to be far. I don't have to be owned by the man anymore. I'm not owned by CBS. I'm not controlled and told what I have to do all the time. And I get that freedom, yet I still get to be a part of their lives. And that's that's crazy awesome. And I'm so appreciative to it. And I wouldn't have it in any other community, right? Sure. So Las Vegas has been very welcoming and opening open to me and the fact that um, you know I have a hundred thousand followers who who follow me and still tune in for the news and information and politics that I that I spew out is just amazing and I, I couldn't do any of it without them and so I'm grateful that um, I'm as old as I am and that I had a great TV career you're not that old stop that, that. I feel that old dude <laughs> it's hard it's rough hey you want to see old <laughs> Okay. Yes, Joe Biden are, and Donald Trump have one on me. They're like 40-something years older than me. These two guys are old, okay? Uh, uh, you're not old. We're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but we're not young anymore either, right? We're not. Uh, God. You know, I still do the things that um, I enjoy, and, and I— but do you see the lines now? Um, do you see the hair changing? I do. Well, I mean, my hair changed when I was 25, so, <laughs> so uh, that hasn't that hasn't changed much for me. But um, no, I mean. Obviously, you get older, you see things a little bit differently. I, I tend to worry less about me and worry more about my family yeah. these days, uh, my parents uh, and, and my sister and my niece. But I, I tend to worry more about my family these days than me. But uh, yeah, I've had some teeth issues going on here. Yeah. Uh, as I get older, some teeth are breaking and I'm starting to look like a Trump supporter now. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. Uh, oh, I know. I started to look like Chuck who called <laughs> into the show earlier. Um, no, but um, – yeah, as you get older, obviously things change a little bit and you put things in perspective, but I still do the things I enjoy doing. I love going to games. I'm not exercising as much as I should, but I'm still playing golf. And I do when I play tennis, I get winded after about five minutes. I used to be a college tennis player, so that's pathetic. But I know. Well, you should come play tennis with me sometime. I would like uh, to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm playing tennis later tonight. Oh, I, I'm cutting back though. I'm not going to play every league. I'm How only long gonna... do you play when you play tennis? How long? When I train with my coach, it's for uh, an hour. Uh, when I do clinics with my team, it's for an hour and a half. And oh. matches are usually about like an hour, hour mm -hmm. 15. You know, I forgot to tell people programming note. I will not be here on Monday. Ooh. Not of my own choosing, but uh, I'm taking a day off because... Uh, KSHP is going to be broadcasting the USC bowl game against Tulane on Monday. And that happens to be nice. during my show. Nice. So I'm going to be taking a day off. Uh, and, uh, we'll be back well, live. You should. It's yeah. like New Year's. That's technically.
technically the holiday. Yes. I deserve deserve an extra day That's right. So I'm going to be taking Monday off. And uh, I think Monday I'm going to be hanging out, grabbing some lunch, maybe playing a slot machine with my friend, uh, former NBA vet, uh, Paul McKeskey. I'm going to be grabbing lunch with him. And uh, And then Tuesday's a big day. Sisolak inaugurated on Tuesday. Correct. And um, then, you know. And you'll be back on Wednesday. And then I'll be back on Wednesday. Yes, where I'm good. sure we'll talk about yes. this. Did I say Sislak? And hopefully I'm I think not, I meant Lombardo. And hopefully but I'm not I banned. Slip of the tongue. And hopefully I'm not banned on TikTok. So we'll see. He then. won't be banned on TikTok. <laughs> I'll help take care of that for you. <laughs> I guess if you call somebody a buffoon, that is, uh, that's, I guess that's a little bit too far on TikTok. I don't know. Cancel culture, Michelle. It's cancel culture, which we got to get rid of. No more cancel culture. Stop it. Listen, one thing I have never done on the radio and I will never, ever do in my life is incite violence. Well, and that's the thing. If you can do it on the radio, which you can do, you should be able to do it on TikTok. And TikTok actually understands that. So as soon as you appeal it and you go, this is a live show that's on FM radio, like stop it. They go, oh, everything's fine. But, you know, anybody can basically report you on TikTok. some idiot that just reported me that got his feelings hurt. Correct. Let me tell you something. For the idiot that did that. I'm going to post that phone call on social media so that yes, everybody can see and, and, and me calling you out for being the racist clown that you are. So thank okay. you for that. Wow. I'm, I'm going to do that. But Michelle. in the future, we're not going to worry about that. And we're just going to no. continue to grow and get even bigger and get even better. And it's going to be great. And that's going to be our big focus. If we're going to have a New Year's resolution, that should be a resolution for 2023. Yes. Is to get even bigger, to get even better, to get even more influential. And I'll add to lose weight because, my God, you don't have to, oh, but I stop. do. And that is always the oh, New Year's resolution <laughs> well yeah i don't even know if i have any new year's resolutions except to uh not let things affect me as i allow them to affect me yes. sometimes that'd be uh, a good one for you yeah, i like that one yeah. for you not, not you know just try to just say just go with the flow and things happen in life and and not let everybody get to me sometimes i'm not talking about the radio show and i'm not necessarily talking about politics i'm just talking about people that are jerks in yeah, real, in real yeah. life let uh, it just let yeah just let it go just do your own thing and worry about your own friends and family because those are the people that i care about uh opinions of of uh people that know me well friends right. and family i can't control what other people that's say. all that matters yes. and the viewer's opinion never really matters and it's taken me 20 something long or years according to, to a lot of re- learn that or according to a lot of republicans the views opinions don't matter either so Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Michelle, I hope you have a great new year with Thank you, uh, you, too. you and your family. And uh, I do appreciate you being here as always. And I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about on Wednesday. Michelle. I know. Right. I know. It'll be good. Well, All right. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. And thank you for joining us, everybody. And have a great, safe, health and happy new year. And we will see you live on Tuesday. Have a great day, everybody.